Hey parents, thanks for tuning in for this episode of the Flourishing Grace Students Parent Podcast. In this episode uh, and in the next one, myself and Brett Turner uh, discuss the rise of technology, social media, and uh, the smartphone and how that has affected us and what we as Christians need to do about that, uh, both in ourselves as well as in our kids um, and just how those things are forming us and how uh, we can, how we need to combat these things in our lives. And so hope this podcast is helpful for you. The next one will be out in two weeks, uh, kind of continuing the conversation with some more practical things as well. So tune in, uh, hope you enjoy uh, this conversation. Hey parents, uh, thanks for tuning in. These next couple episodes, we're going to be focusing on technology uh, with our Minister of Adult Formation, Brett Turner. Hey Josh, hey parents, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a good time. So I'm excited to kind of get into uh, the nitty gritty of of what technology is doing. Uh, for some of you, you might know some of this and, and some of it might be new. Uh, uh, I'm hoping, honestly, that a lot of this isn't new for you, that you kind of know what we're saying you might not know the statistics that we're bringing up or the things that we're talking about exactly, but it will kind of reaffirm, okay, this is what's happening with my student as far as technology and social media. Uh, but then also uh, in these next couple of podcasts, we're really going to work on trying to help you and uh, your students to disconnect a little bit from technology or at least have a healthy relationship with it. Because it's not something... Again, it's not something that's like uh, in itself sinful, but something that we have to really uh, keep a rein on, which isn't a new thing for Christians. Christians for thousands of years have looked at what's in the world and said, we have to, you know, rein this in and keep keep a leash on it. So uh, that's my hope for today. And so really uh, today we're going to talk about just the rise of technology and social media and kind of how that's not just shaping your teenager, because um, I think you might be able to see that, but also how it's shaping you as an adult. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think it's really important, and I, I like what you said, right? Because sometimes you hear these statistics, and when you stop to think about them, uh, you're just like, oh, my goodness, what do I do? Do I just throw my phone away and, you know, get rid of all social media and everything like that? And I, I don't think that that's the answer. I, I think that, uh, man, having a healthy relationship and being intentional uh, about how you use it, um, are, are really important. And I mean, when, when, you know, we were walking through our path class, which is, which is basically just asking the question, like, you know, uh, how are we formed by the things of Jesus, uh, the six days a week that we're not meeting at church, right? Um, what, what, are, what is it that's happening, um, to us? Uh, man, we, we, we see, uh, a steady decline in the amount of just Americans specifically who would say, uh, I'm practicing the way of, of Jesus. And by practicing the way of Jesus, uh, this was a study that was done in 2020 um, in the studies uh, by uh, Barna.com. Uh, and the question was, how are Americans uh, relating to Christianity? Uh, and so uh, somebody who in, in this study is a practicing Christian is somebody who comes to um, church like twice a month. So uh, two, two times a month you go to church, uh, you actively uh, pray um, throughout your week, and you will occasionally read your Bible. What's fascinating uh, about this study is it goes back 20 years 
And in 2000, um, 45% of Americans would say, I'm a practicing Christian. And that number like steadily rises from 45% all the way to 50% in 2009. But then what happens over the next couple of years from 2009 to 2012, it goes from 50% to 31%. That's like a catastrophic drop off a cliff uh, type of number. Um, and what was happening in that 2010 to 2013 range? Do you know? Smartphone. Yeah. Well, more readily available. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So for a while, right, the Blackberry kind of came out and that was like cool because you could email on it and stuff like that. And then the iPhone came out in 2007. But what happens in 2013 specifically when that number drops into the to the 31 percentile range um, is over 50 percent of Americans at that point have access to smartphones. In 2013. In 2013. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the, that's the point in, in time in which over 50% of the population had smartphones. And so uh, what's happened is that number of practicing Christians goes down from 50% to 31% just in that like three year window. Yeah. Um, after, you know, and then, and there's all sorts of things that came up then, right? That's when uh, Facebook became really, really popular. Netflix became really popular. We started streaming things yeah. on our phone. YouTube, right, became uh, super popular as well. And what we've seen over the last kind of 10 years from, from at least in this study, the, 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 the rest of the teen years of the 2000s, right, from 2012 to 2020, is that number has gone down even more. It's gone from 31% to 25%, and it's holding steady about 25%. And currently... In America right now, uh, 85% of Americans own smartphones. So 80, 85%. So, uh, man, when we, uh, we say this around here all the time, it's not a matter of if you're being formed, but what it is that you're being formed by. Yeah. And so what this graph tells us is like these days in our culture, right, 2022, um, Man, the, the, the person who would say, I'm a practicing Christian, their life doesn't look a whole lot different than their next door neighbor uh, who doesn't believe anything at all, right? Yeah. Uh, and I, I would make the argument, and I think that the graph makes the argument, because more than any other time in history, uh, we are all, the majority of us are being formed by the same thing, right? Yeah. We're, we're, we're uh, the average American, doesn't matter uh, age, religion, anything like that, right? Uh, the average American, 85% uh, within 15 minutes of waking up will reach for their smartphone. Like that's how the majority of our culture, the overwhelming majority of our culture, like starts their day, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's such a drastic shift between like when you think about kids, where, you know, for teenagers, where were they, where were they getting the most information or learning the most things? You could argue school was up there before the smartphone. Sure. And then you could argue, obviously, like at home, parents, right? I think, uh, um, I think it's uh, Rinky uh, that talks about this idea of like, um, I hope I'm not stepping on anything you're talking about earlier, no. but like 
how, you know, before it was like a, a son when he's trying to figure out how to date this girl, like how to ask this girl out, he would ask his dad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Like his dad or a parent or, or a, a father figure maybe in his life. Yeah, right. For sure. And now it's like, not only are they, they don't have to go home, wait to get on the desktop and Google search it. They're actually just being fed how to ask a girl out from like TikTok from other stupid teenagers too you know like yeah i think that's one of the uh as a parent right just kind of being aware right of of what is happening and kind of the 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 um the change that's happened over the last 20 years as far as like us growing up to like our kids growing up is uh you know we used to curate our own content right uh, I'm going way back because I'm, I'm 42. So this is even further back than you, Josh. But yeah. uh, when we wanted to go see a movie, right, we would have to go to the Blockbuster and then we would walk through the aisles and like pick out a movie. And uh, you would base it off of, uh, man, maybe you'd seen the preview like somewhere or maybe you'd heard one of your friends like had watched it and it was like really, really awesome. Or maybe you just are like, hey, this looks interesting. The cover looks cool. Like, or I like who's in the movie. And so you pick it up and you go home and watch it. Um, Same with a lot of things, right? You would curate what it is that you kind of take in, what it is that you are impressed by, right? Um, But now... Uh, Tony, Tony Ranky says it, says it the best. He, he says, uh, your smartphone, um, is a mirror in little black pixels reflecting to you, uh, who you are. Yeah. Right. And what he means by that is, you know, these, these technology companies, these social media companies, these advertising companies, they're spending billions of dollars to track your habits, what it is that you like, what it is that you love, uh, what it is that you would, uh, like your your future to look like or the places that you want to go on vacation or the things that you want to watch or the things that you want to become uh, so that they can place those things before you and show more of them to you. And so you're not even actually like curating your content anymore. Like oh. it's being curated for you based on how old you are, based on where you live uh, and based on your your online kind of your, your phone habits, right? Right. Yeah. They're taking all that and making money off of us as kind of a commodity in that. For those of you just, we've mentioned Tony Rinke a few times here. So if you don't, if you're like, who the heck is that? He um, worked for Desiring God, still works for Desiring God, I believe, um, which is a great ministry, has a bunch of resources. But he's also, I would say, probably uh, one of the top uh, as far as in the Christian evangelical world of uh, kind of understanding um technology and what it's doing to us. And so he's written multiple books. Uh, the book that, uh, I highly recommend to parents is 12 ways your phone is changing you. Uh, but he's also written a new book this year. I I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head right now, but, um, and he's also written another book called competing spectacles. Now that's really just more about not just your phone, but social media, technology, ad advertising. It's really good. So he's expert on this. There's actually on our resource page, our student resource page, there's a, a full video that we took from the last parenting conference where he, it's like an hour long, I think 45 minutes of him talking about these things that we're talking about here as well, but uh, just a little bit more in depth. And he also does a and a on there as well. Yeah, that's that's an awesome video. That was really uh, one of the most eye-opening videos. You know, somebody who has, uh, my wife and I, we have a 12-year-old and a, a four-and-a-half-year-old. Um, and so just thinking about 
um, man, how to teach our kids how to have a healthy relationship with technology. That video, um, that, that talk that he gave uh, at the last parenting conference through that video was, was really, um, man, insightful and encouraging, but also very challenging, you know, for my wife and I to actually kind of put together a plan for our kids. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so as we're kind of looking at the statistics of just what technology is doing, um, I think we can all say like that we know, we know that something's happening, uh, especially when we look at our kids. Uh, when you look at your kids, you can see like, okay, when they spend more time online, like their demeanor changes, their sure. even respect and their response to you and saying like, hey, you need to do your laundry, like changes, you know, sure. things like that. And so we can see that. I think something we also need to start with, though, is, uh, and we don't need to have it all together in this, but I think we need to be honest and also have some repentance in ourselves of saying, this isn't just a problem for the next generation. Like, this is a problem that we are having too, that we need to reign because as we reign it in, we can walk alongside the kids as well doing that. If, if your kid is seeing you on the couch every night in front of the TV with your smartphone at scrolling on Instagram for an hour, they're going to learn from that, Mm -hmm. you know, too. They're going to see like, and then they're not going to say it in these words, but, oh, I can see like what my parents care about. What's, you know, what they're okay with consuming, what's forming them. Obviously they're not going to say any of that, but that's what they're, that's what like they're kind of taking in as they're learning. So then they just do what, what we do. Yeah. And I think it's like, um, you know, it's easy to kind of dismiss that. Um, I'll share a story if I can. Yeah. So, uh, my daughter, anybody who's ever had a four year old little girl knows that right around four, you start going into, uh, man, the Disney princess world and, uh, Penelope hit that stage about a year ago. Uh, and she, uh, man, just watched, wanted to watch all of the the princess movies, right? Um, so the, you know, the popular ones that she really likes are Moana, uh, and Tangled and that new one came out, Luca, right? And there was a visible kind of in, in talking what you're talking about, right? There's a visible just kind of shift in her that happened. Um, like right around the time that she started just watching all those movies. Um, and that was just that she became a lot more defiant, And like wanted to just do more of her like own thing. Just um, up until that point, she was pretty just like, you know, hey, I'm going to go with what my mom and dad say and um, just kind of go along with that. Uh, But man, there was this drastic kind of shift that happened. And Amanda and I were just like, what is happening to our sweet little girl? Um, And I was watching these movies with her one night and I noticed like this, this trend, right. And all three of those stories, um, the, the hero character, the the princess character, right. Uh, like in Moana, uh, her dad's like, you cannot go out into the ocean cause it's dangerous. Don't do that. You're not allowed. That's not who we are anymore. Right. Yeah. She goes out into the ocean, has this epic adventure and then everything's happily ever after. Right. Uh, same with Luca. He goes to the surface and like becomes a human. If you if you haven't watched any of these, um, sorry, spoiler I, I'm alert. Not, just yeah, spoiler alert. But uh, <laughs> just he goes to the surface, becomes a human. His parents are like, "You can't go to the surface. It's too dangerous. It's not good for you. Like it's gonna harm you." He goes to the surface, has his epic adventure. 
Uh, and then his, he, you know, he he shows his parents that he was right all along, kind of thing. Same thing with like Tangled. That's a little bit weird, right? Because she gets like kidnapped, right? Sure. And is is held inside this castle. But same thing. Stepmother's like, you can't leave the castle. You can't go out of the castle. She does. She has this epic adventure. She finds out that her mom's, you know, her stepmother's been lying to her the whole entire time. And I was like, oh my goodness! In every single one, like what my daughter is like taking in is that you know the adult figure who is supposed to like look out for her best interest uh is telling her something and then the main character actually just does what they want and it everything turns out like this epic amazing like adventure where everybody lives happily ever after at the same time now is my is my four-year-old like consciously thinking oh my goodness i'm going to like defy my parents in the same way that these princesses are you know, no, she's not like cognitively like thinking that, right? right? She's yeah. not processing that. But man, taking something in, and you know this as a parent, these kids watch these movies over and over and over and over and over. As she sees this over and over and over, it starts to become like part of her. Yeah. Right. It it starts to form her like in a certain way. And my wife and I were just like, what again, like you're at that situation, like what do we do? Just we just get rid of all Disney movies and we don't ever let her watch them. We're just gonna watch Veggie Tales for the you know, for her whole entire childhood. <laughs> like, no, I don't think that that's the answer, sure, but I think it's really important to be aware of that, yeah. Um, because man, she also at that same time, what that what that tells me is man, she needs to be reminded of who she is, like as a child of God, so yeah. Um, man, one of the best things that we've done, like with her in her specific situation, um, is just do what we've done with ourselves, which is scripture before phone. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, for Penelope, that looks like just, mem- we, we've got like a series of Bible verses that we memorize as a family and she knows that she has to do Bible verses, uh, before she can, you know, watch shows or, or use her iPad or not her iPad, but use the iPad, right? Yeah. Uh, and, and stuff like that. And that's just one of the ways that we just try to like remind her of who she is before she's, you know, sees other things and is formed yeah. by other things and, and whatnot. Yeah. And as your kids grow up, like it gets, it's just going to con- continue to get more and more pervasive in their lives. And, and I'm, I don't mean to sound alarmist in that way, but that's, that is what happens. Like, because you go from, again, you guys can choose what like movie to watch. But when you start to get on social media and online, like I see from students constantly who like, honestly, like parents, if you're listening, I'll just give you my hand right now. Like, I think that if your kid's on TikTok, like I don't think they should be, um, there's a whole, there's a whole sexual like side of TikTok That's crazy. And, uh, it's a whole thing, but um, the thing that's crazy about TikTok and even Instagram reels and Facebook, what are they called? Movie, some, some form of reels, same, same thing, right? Where it's, yeah. it's endless scrollable content for days. Um, you could literally scroll for the rest of your life and die, uh, with your phone in your hands. Um, the, the scary part about that is, you know, they calculate as you, how long are you on one of the videos and it's using AI to figure out, okay, so I'm going to feed you more things to keep you on here longer and longer and longer. What that does is it puts kids in echo chambers. It put kid, it puts kids into all these different things. But the worst part is like everyone now has a smartphone. Like you were saying, like 85%. Is that 
when is that statistic? So that was 2020. Okay, so yeah. Um, yeah. It's probably gone up, but let's even if it's 85% of the of the West or America has smartphones, now you're seeing teenagers put content online and I've seen so many teenagers and sometimes it's harm, harmless, but a lot of times it's not where they're they're saying something as fact that they heard from TikTok. Mm-hmm. Or like I've told you this before, I think I've seen videos online of like parents if you don't know, I do some woodworking. I enjoy it. And I see people people get on who just have a smartphone, have no idea what they're talking about, and they give like all these tips and things. And I'm like, no, if you can if you do that, you actually might hurt yourself. And that's mm-hmm. not the way to do it. Yeah. Right? And like that seems harmless, but as you get into a lot of these topics that we're talking about about identity and about who they are and and about how they should view themselves and the world and all of these topics that are are big and huge and change the trajectory of your whole life um they're being shaped and formed by other teenagers who don't really know either and they're just putting content out to either make money or that's their way of like finding a purpose sure putting that content out and getting the likes or you know, and they're, they're doing all this stuff. And so the, the scary thing about that is it's not like everyone gets worried about a big company like Disney putting these, oh, uh, they're like going to put things in my kids' heads. And that's something to like think about, like you were saying, but it's even worse now where it's, you have this AI that's giving you exactly what you and your desires want. And it's addictive. Yeah, it's totally addictive. Um, and it's also why I think that um man when it comes to this like you you said it right uh this isn't something that you can teach your kids or model for your kids without thinking about it intentionally for yourself sure right in your in your family and i think that is like you're not going to be able to just be like oh i'm going to be able to have i'm not going to think about my relationship with my phone and how i use my phone but I'm going to be able to like take these, you know, simple technology hacks and like impart them to my kids. Right. Right. Like that's just not going to happen. Mm -hmm. And specifically, you know, when you, when you think about like the topic of your podcast is like, man, as parents, how are we discipling our kids? How are we raising them up to be more like Jesus? We have to acknowledge the fact that primarily like what, uh, is shown on you know TikTok and and Facebook and a, a lot of things is just really um, man forming me to the way of the world in which I'm just ruled by my desires, which I'm ruled by whatever it is that makes me happy or whatever it is that I want without uh, taking into any consideration like man what is uh, a good for me and what does God want for me, yeah. you know. Like, and I think that is like the, where you need to like start with this, like what is good for me and what does God want for me? And like, I just, you know, one of the, one of the things, um, man and I have just tried to do is just like pray that over our kid, right? Romans, Romans 12 too. do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Like there's this like, man, there's this like engagement, there's this testing, right? That when it comes to content, when it comes to what it is that we spend our time doing or looking at, or even desiring, right? That is good to test and to consider and to 
you know, be intentional about. And the fact is, I'm just as guilty as so many of us. It's like, we don't really ever think about that. Nobody ever like sat us yep. down when we got a smartphone and was like, man, here's how to use it well. And maybe you shouldn't, you know, spend five hours a day scrolling endlessly on it. That's like, that's not good for you. That's not good for your health. That's not good for your mind. That's not good for your heart. That's not good for your relationships. That's not good for really anything in your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yet there's so many of us that, you know, um, man, we're on our phones during dinner with our family. We're up, we pick up our phones and are texting during, uh, you know, lunches with, with our friends. It's just, it's become acceptable. It's become acceptable to, uh, man, uh, pick up our phone in the middle of a, of a conversation with, with somebody, you know, um, yeah. it's become intentional to, uh, for, not to look at our kids in the face, but for them to come into a room and see us on our phone. Right. That's become acceptable. Yeah. Um, And is it wrong? I I, I don't know if it's like wrong. I wouldn't say necessarily like this is wrong and you shouldn't do it. But like, is that the image that you want your kid to see of you? Is that when your kid walks into a room, do you want to not notice because you're looking at your phone? Like that, that's, I think, um, a more helpful question, right? And if it's not, then man, what are some things that we can do to change that? Yeah, exactly. And going back to just what you were talking about at the very beginning of this episode, um, how you know us as Christians, like we have begun um, to look the same to our neighbors. And so I think a good question is like, you have friends and family that are that you hang out with, maybe you have dinner with, or maybe you spend time with that aren't followers of Jesus. And if your life, as far as technology and maybe you just even ask for screen time, like, Hey, can I see your screen time? Someone that isn't a follower of Jesus. And if you're like on the same page, you know, as far as like, Oh yeah, two hours of entertainment every day or four, whatever, seven hours, whatever, you know, whatever it is every day. And I'm doing the same thing. It's like, I, I just think that should be a wake up call and go, Oh, okay, this part of my life is not actually fully given over to Jesus when, you know, when you're talking about being transformed by the renewal of your mind, I'm not asking the spirit to renew my mind in this. I'm just kind of letting my phone renew me, which isn't renewing, it's just shaping. But yeah, I'm letting my phone shape me and and conform me to the image of the world and not him. For sure. And so I think that that's a kind of good segue into kind of our our, our like... Uh, a little bit of our final section here of just uh, talking about, okay, what do we do next? And really part two of this podcast is going to be more nitty gritty. Here's some kind of almost plans laid out, but this one, Mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of want to just talk to two types of parents, Brad. So really the first type of parent I want to talk to is like, let's say you're a parent of a teenager or kids that you've already given them access. So it might be an iPad. It might be a smartphone. Um, you know, I would even say a computer if you don't have, if there's like just very little to no restrictions. Maybe mm-hmm. you can have a content blocker on there, but there's no time restrictions or anything like that. Um, or, or they have a game system or something like that. Because this, I think this definitely plays into this as well. Um, so that parent who's already already done that uh, and said, okay, well, what do I do now? How do I how do I backtrack? And then the second parent I want to talk to is the person who has like put restrictions on their kid and it's like, okay, what are some, uh, because here's the deal. 
even if you put restrictions, you can't just put restrictions on time through the technology and then just be like, sure, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm, I don't need to talk about it. Because here's the deal. Our kids are sinful, okay? And they're also clever. And they also know technology more than Way all of us. Way better than we do. Yeah. yeah. And so they, here's the deal, like, their friends are going to be talking about things so much mm-hmm. that the desires to see certain things or to get around certain things or to be on certain social media that you don't want them to be on might get in the way to where they figure out how to get around it. Mm-hmm. And so you always have to have conversations as well. So I kind of want to talk to those two parents. Let's talk to the first parent a little bit here and go, okay, I've, I've given my kids a phone. Or I've given my kids an iPad. I just want to talk. What, what are some things that, you know, we can do like as far as parents, like what are conversations we need to have? Yeah. First of all, I would say like, man, I hope if you're a parent and you're kind of in that boat, um, that you don't feel like just judgment. Um, sure. Yeah. I, I really think that that's important because, you know, so often I think when you have these conversations, it's really just, uh, you just kind of want to be like, I don't even want to listen to this. Cause it's just, you know what I mean? I didn't even think about this stuff when I, when I gave him a phone. And so I would just say, uh, man, let me just encourage you. Like there's no judgment here. Like I said earlier, like none of us were given like a manual for how to navigate this stuff. We're like still in the early, early phases of like technology and smartphone. And we're just now beginning to see the studies of like what it's doing to us. Right. And so if you're in that boat, um, let me just encourage you. Uh, don't feel judgment. I would really say, man, the first place to start is really just uh, acknowledging your own use of like technology, right? Uh, And then having a conversation around that, like with your kid. Uh, Because I I think that if you're, if if you haven't set any limits, like on your kid's stuff, you probably don't have any yourself. Right. Uh, And so I would say, man, the first place uh, to, to, to really is just acknowledge what your usage is and kind of what your habits as a family are. And then I would say to have a really honest conversation like around that, um, and then begin to develop, I think, um, just some, some good habits, some healthy habits. And it doesn't have to be like, uh, it, I, I would say that like to start small, The reality is, is technology is so addictive, right? And so just trying to quit is going to be like you trying to quit heroin, right? It's just, it's, 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 it's going to be like, you're, you're not just going to be able to like go from your technology usage now to just probably a really healthy level in like a week or a a month kind of thing. And so I would say, man, really just try with some small kind of just intentional habits. Like one of the habits that we do as a household is scripture before phone. So yeah. when we wake up in the morning, um, we all uh, do our devotional together before we do like phones. Or it, it, even if like the kids are sleeping in, it's a morning where we're sleeping in, we'll we'll read our Bible before phones. And sometimes occasionally like my wife or I, right, we have the Bible app like on our phone. Uh, really intentional about going to that before we, you know, open yeah. up the calendar or check the email or look at the text messages and stuff like that. Right. Um, that's a good one. Another one, I think that's just a really probably easy one is just like no technology, like at the dinner table. Yeah. Right. So put your phones up. We have a, 
you know, phone jail on our, in, in our dining room, right. That we put all of the, the phones and stuff like that. Like when we're, we're having dinner, um, just to say like, Hey, this is something that, um, is important, right? It's important that we just get together as a family and we turn our faces towards one another and we just talk about our days and like, um, what was good about them, what was bad about them. You know what I mean? Like what's encouraged, like we just share stories like around the yeah. dinner table, uh, and, and put our phones away so that we're not, um, distracted by it. Those are, those are probably like two of the easiest things, but I would really just come at it with your kids from a, man, this is an area that we want to grow like as a family rather than I'm going to dictate what you, you know what I mean? Right. Your phone yeah. time and stuff like that. Cause, right. cause that, especially like if they've had access to it for a long, long time, I think, uh, that, that just is probably not going to go over well. Right. Yeah. I think coming from a place of, man, I, I, I think about all the times when I was a kid where I can actually remember vividly, like when my parents would apologize for something to me or they would not to me necessarily, but they would repent publicly in front of me to God about things. And I remember how impactful that was to me to go, oh, okay, this is a problem for my parents who are 35 years older than me you know, yeah. and I'm a, I'm a kid and I begin to see in my life. Okay. You know, in the ways that a kid can, okay. I, I, you know, if my parents need God to work in this, I, I must need God to work in this way. And so like, I just think like for a parent to be vulnerable with their kid in that way, say, Hey, like this is, this isn't something that, you know, you're just like, you're doing everything wrong. To be honest with you, I did something wrong by, uh, like I probably shouldn't have given you access to this the time I did. And so, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna take some steps back and it's good for us as Christians. Like we've lost the kind of art of discipline of, of saying like, like it's the old adage, like too much of a good thing is a bad thing or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's probably not how you say that, but it's like you like, uh, in just every area of our, every area of our life, restricting ourselves. Um, not because the thing in itself has maybe even become an idol, but just to say, God, everything I have is yours. Yeah. Everything is given up to you. And it's, sure. in my head, it goes back to like stewardship and, and things like that. But absolutely. I, 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 I'm really glad you said that because like, I think sometimes as parents, uh, like, you know, classic situation, uh, you have two kids and one of them does something against their sibling and you're like, go apologize. And then they, sorry. Right. Like <laughs> yeah. you just, yeah, you yeah. have that kind of happen and stuff like that. And it's like, no, 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 that's not how you apologize. Like you need to, you know, you need to mean it and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. like, if you think about it, do you, kids learn how to apologize from what? From people that apologize yeah, people like around them. Yeah. And so the reality is if you don't ever like apologize, if you don't ever model how to apologize or how to ask forgiveness or how to be sincere when you've actually done something wrong, like your kid's just not gonna know how to do that. Right. Like that's not their default setting. Their default setting is to lie and say they didn't do it or to blame somebody else for doing sure. it. Right. That's their, yeah. that's their default setting. Um, and so I think it's helpful to just be like, look, my default setting is to be on my phone all the time too. Yeah. Like that's my default setting when I'm bored. That's what I want to do when I, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's my default setting, but that's not, that's not life giving for me. No. You know what I mean? And it's not life giving for you. And I've like, I want to be better at that and I want you to be better at that and stuff like that. So 
let's do this together, right? Yeah. Um, because if it's not modeled, it, I mean, it's just like telling somebody to do something, right? Like maybe if there's like fear enough of consequence, they will, but it's not really going to have any lasting impact. You know, yeah. as soon as they're, as soon as they're released from your grasp or out on their own, they're just going to, just going to do what they want. Right. right? So the, the key I think is really just, man, helping them cultivate like really healthy habits that they see, man, man, this is actually life-giving. It's actually better for me to not be, you know, playing video games for five hours a night. Like, or man, actually when I'm on Facebook, like I just, I do not, it, it doesn't really bring anything that's like life-giving to me. Right. Yeah. It just, it just stirs up more anxiety and fear and comparison and envy. And like, I don't enjoy experiencing any of those things, you yeah. know? Yeah. Helping them realize that. And, and ultimately again, like we've, we've talked about this on, on the podcast a little bit. Um, but really, I mean, parents who know me, you know, like my kind of, one of my mottos that I talk about all the time is like, we're not looking for behavioral modification. We're looking for heart transformation, right? Like ultimately it's not, they are not saved by them stewarding their phone perfectly. Sure. That doesn't save them. Yeah. Um, and so it's the submission to Jesus, right? It's, it's trusting him for what he has done for them, right? And, and submitting everything under him and saying, okay, God, like, I know you've saved me. You died for me. You rose from the dead for me. You care about me more than I care about myself. So in this area where my desire is to blank, I'm going to submit that desire that I have heavily to you. And so again, modeling that for your kids. Yeah. Kids, I'm going to be honest, this is hard for me, but I know this isn't what Jesus wants for me or you. Yeah. So, and yeah, for you parents who, who are in that situation, here's what I'd say. Like it, it, it is going to be hard. <laughs> That's just the reality. Um, your, your kids are most likely your kid, uh, if they've had no restrictions is going to be upset with you and mad about it, but I guarantee doing this now, um, and having this conversation, um, with them and, and caring for them and praying for them through that, uh, is going to ultimately, uh, be so much better for them as we move into the future, not only just their future with a smartphone, but also as we move into more technology, like the metaverse and things like this, where kids are going to have to learn how to navigate that as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so for them to be able to do that now as a 12 year old, um, is going to be so much better for them than having to do that in college or on their own as a adult trying to live. Yeah. Too. Uh, yeah. So last kind of talking to those parents who have put restrictions on, um, uh, is there anything just extra for those parents who are like, okay, yeah, I've, I've put some restrictions in place and like, uh, but maybe I haven't really been talking about it with my kids. Like they know like that last piece, like they know, um, you know, the, maybe it is more of a legalistic thing. Like, you know, I, they know they only have 10 minutes on Instagram a day sure. or whatever. Um, what are some ways that parents can just have a regular rhythm? You think of kind of conversations with their kids or like honest conversations, even conversations to kind of bring up ha almost have you gotten around, you know? Um, it's kind of like that uh, in the, the common rule, he talks about, in his uh, kind of like discipleship group, they, they, or some friends that are close, he basically says like, is there anything 
that you're not telling me sure. that you need to tell me. Like, yeah. How do, how do we have those conversations with our kids? You think? Yeah. I think, I think that you just have to get into the habit of, of having them. Um, yeah. and, and, um, again, with anything, consistency is key. So is there regularly a time in which you're, you're talking about that? So like one of the things, you know, um, is like my sister actually and her and her husband um did with their kids is like you, you know um like a good images bad images kind of thing you know it's just even simple like like have you seen any you know bad images like as you're as you're doing things as you're on the internet as you're on your phone and stuff like that um and i told uh, and, and like the reality is is you know if you spent any time on the internet, like whatsoever, um, that those things like can come up. Like, yeah, they just pop they, up now. They, they just pop up. And so, you know, what we told our 12-year-old is like, look, if your answer is no all the time, I'm going to know you're lying <laughs> because, sure. because I know that like those things come up and like I want you to be able to talk to me about those. I want to talk to you about those things, right? right? Um, and it's important. And I, I think just regularly having those conversations, regularly, um, you know, uh, I know that this has been said before, but it's just like that idea, right? Like when your kids are older and something happens, you don't want them to be like, oh, crap, I hope my dad doesn't find out about this. Right. You want them to be like, oh, my goodness, I need to call my dad. Yeah. Right. And like, tr really like that is the goal. And so, um, realizing that like your kids, it's just a matter of time before they experience these things. You're not going to be able to like protect them from it forever. Yeah. Right. Uh, no matter how good your, uh, your, your child safety stuff is and all that kind of stuff. Right. Like you're just not going to be able to protect, like at some point, they're going to come across something, right? They're going to, they're going to experience something. They're going to see something. They're going to be lured into something or they're going to actively like seek it out. Like the, the point is, is that you want to like help create just that conversation, that ongoing conversation, man, that um, you're regularly just talking to them uh, about it and giving them an opportunity to, um, to, to talk to you about it. And, and I, I really think just, um, probably the biggest like piece of that is, is prayer, you know, is really just praying, um, you know, that they are not conformed by the world, but they're transformed by the renewal of their mind. And that, that you are just, you are just praying for them and you are man praying that, um, that God just gives you opportunities to have those conversations like, uh, with your kids and as hard as it is sometimes to like sit and listen to those conversations to like really, um, man, just be loving and kind, um, in, in those conversations rather than react. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Parents, I think, uh, I, I hope, um, again, like Brett said earlier that sometimes there's a, there's scarring that happens or there's a, there's a feeling of judgment that is so pervasive in our lives that we, we end up being paralyzed and we just don't do anything. Um, and so my hope again, for this podcast, I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. This isn't a podcast for people, uh, people who have it all together, who are talking to people who don't or, or whatever. That's not what this is at all. It's, 
it's knowing how sin is so pervasive in the face of kids and us. And so really just recognizing these things and knowing that our God is good and loving and cares about us. And he cares about us as, as thinking of the prodigal son. You know, he cares about us in that deep of a love, right? And he cares about your kids in that way. And he cares about you in that way. And so um, the, be- the beautiful, the, the beauty of the gospel is that we don't have to re- perform for God. That God has done everything for us. And so we can boldly approach the throne of grace. Like we can boldly go to God and say, God, I, I know what you've done for me is, is real. And I know what you've done for me is everything I need. And I've chased after this lesser God. And, and I'm sorry, I need you to move. And he is not only listening, but he will move. And so that's my hope, parents, for you guys, is that as you just walk through this, to not, not feel like you need to be the perfect parent, um, but that you would just submit everything under the Lordship of Jesus and trust him in it. So, um, man, that's, that's all the time we have for this, uh, this episode, but we're going to get in next, uh, next time to a little bit more nitty gritty of, uh, you know, what to do with technology a little bit more, um, and just other, other ways to, uh, kind of help you plan a little bit, uh, for technology with your kids. A couple of books I, I want to recommend to you guys is, uh, to, that talk about these subjects is Habits of the Household has a few great sections on uh, screen time and technology and social media and things like that. You can even, I mean, that's one of those books I would say where you can kind of, I would read the whole book because it's good, but you can skip to the chapters that you're like, I'm dealing with this right now. So read that first and then go back and it's okay. For sure. That's a super great resource. Yeah. And then also the other book that we're highly recommending right now is Raising Passionate Jesus Followers. Um, really just walks through uh, just technology as um, they kind of walk through your your te- or your kid's life uh, yeah. through that. And so that's actually the book, uh, the, the people who wrote that, um, they're actually, uh, we're using their resources for our parenting conferences coming up November 11th and 12th. So if you haven't signed up for that, there's still time. Uh, it's two weeks, um, two weeks from now or, or actually less than two weeks from now, uh, but there's still time to sign up for that as well. It's going to be a great place to talk with parents as well as uh, just learn about, man, what are, what are some next steps for me as I follow Jesus and help disciple my kids. But thanks for joining us, Brett. Thanks for, for joining us today. Glad Absolutely, to have you. man. Thanks for having me. Yep. All right. Uh, and you guys have a great day and we'll see you in the next one. Thanks. Thanks.